You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody. Welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? So excited. Uh... As people listen to this, it is Thursday, which means the start of the football weekend. And this evening, the National Football League will be on the air. The Dallas Cowboys visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which is a really intriguing game. It was on my little office football pool sheet with the Bucs favored by seven and a half. And I struggled with who to pick in that game. Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one for sure. By the way, everybody, I'm driving the truck again. I'm in Indianapolis, so if it sounds a little rattly, that's why it sounds rattly. Um, but uh, I saw a snippet this morning about the last episode of Hard Knocks, and they're featuring Trayvon Diggs pretty prominently in that. I haven't been watching it this year. I usually do, but I haven't been watching it this year. And um, Trayvon's got a son, I think, named Aiden, maybe. And um, that's right. It, it's funny that he's like – Aiden looks like he's probably about three years old, maybe four. And so they walk into a little store or shop or restaurant, uh, Trayvon, his wife, and, and Aiden. And Aiden's like, I love Dak Prescott. I just love Dak Prescott so much. I wear Dak Prescott's number. And so Dak Prescott walks in and he goes, hey. And uh, Aiden goes, hey. And he sticks his hand out, very polite little kid, and says, nice to meet you. He says, nice to meet you. He said, hey, you're Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> and he said, he said, no, I'm not Patrick Mahomes. He said, oh, that's right, sure. He goes, wait a minute, you're Dak Prescott. It was pretty funny. Uh, and by the way, this awesome. dinging sound that you're going to hear periodically, um, yeah. it says something is wrong with our anti-lock braking system. We've had this shit oh, checked okay. out, and it's fine. And But like it sounds like what needs to be repaired is the warning for the anti-lock braking system. And I, I'm like, this ding is really annoying, y'all. If you think it's annoying in this podcast right now, think about driving from Alabama to Indianapolis with this ding. That, think about that. So you there needs to be a warning light. Yeah. Why isn't there a warning uh, light and, and a ding? There needs to be a warning light and a ding for when the lights are bad. Ding, you know, your, look, warning, your warning light is broke. Ding, your warning light is broke. You know, that sort of and thing. And I hate, I hate to take up too many segments with – old Luke and Jimmy stories like we've been doing. But um, I'm going to take up this segment with this story because several years ago, I was driving this very same truck and uh, damn it, I wish I could just mute it. Um, it's distracting <laughs> me from my story and a like breaking system warning light. Um, but anyway, uh, so a few years ago, I was driving this very truck to, um, to Crete, Nebraska. And so to get to Nebraska, I had to drive through uh, a town called Metro Metropolis, Illinois. And it's a pretty famous little town. I mean, I, number one, because Metropolis is where Superman calls home, oh, which is a statute of, of New York, but it's a fictional town in the comics, but this town is actually called Metropolis. And they have a casino and they have this giant statue of Superman, like not as big as Vulcan. It's like a third the size of Vulcan. I mean, it's, it's a big, big Superman statue. Well, I'm driving this truck, and this is about the time this whole death fluid thing comes into play. But where, I don't know if you're familiar with this, but if you drive diesel, 
you've got to put in death fluid, which sort of counteracts the emissions. It's some, yeah, I don't even know. It, it just, it's just <laughs> another thing for the government to screw you out of more money if you own a business, essentially. But um, <laughs> I don't know how. They've, they've screwed us again, Jimmy. But um, anyway, so this light kept coming on that said, death fluid needed, you know, get you some damn death fluid. And so I called the office and was like, do I need death fluid? Because I've never, I don't know anything about death fluid. And, you know, I don't know. And the guy that usually drives shows like, no, nah, don't worry about it, man. That light came on for me so many times. I didn't even, I quit worrying about it. I said, okay. So we kept driving. And then I got another light that said, Hey, dumbass, I've already told you like 10 times, get some GD death fluid. And I was like, hey, this, this truck's like making fun of me. I need to get death fluid, don't I? And he was like, man, you got your plenty. You're fine. You, you got enough. Don't worry about it. The gauge is broken or some shit. And I don't even know, you know, because this is when it first all like became a thing. So then I, I pull over because I was like, you know what? I'm going to get gas. And uh, but I was like, you know, I've got just enough gas to probably get to the Superman statue here in Metropolis. And I'm going to go get a picture next to the Superman statue. So I go to the Superman statue. I get out. I put my hands on my hips, just like Superman does. And I take a picture and send it to my son, who's a comic book fan. He was real young at the time. And I'm so happy. And I get back in the truck and the truck won't crank for shit. And it says, I tried to tell you, if you don't have any damn death fluid, I ain't going to crank next time you cut me off. And I... Um, <laughs> So I had to get it towed with a giant fountain on the back to a, oh, a dealership with a, to a dealership. And they were like, yeah, everybody does this because everybody thinks it's not a big deal. It's a huge deal. And um, <laughs> yeah, we, it's going to take about a day. So I was like oh, a day with the fountain on the back. Illinois. Yeah. I was like, it really wasn't worth me stopping for that statue for that. But anywho. Um, all right. So Jimmy. I want to go, we're going to go ahead and take a break because I want to have two segments, uh, two good segments, as as opposed to this shitty segment we just had. So let's go ahead and take a break and then uh, we'll be back in just a minute. And we do have some actual Alabama stuff to discuss. All right, let me tell everybody about Rock Auto, all the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. You know the jingle. I sing it all the time. It's probably on your nerves. You sing it better than I do, but that's not the issue. The issue is your car sucks, so you need to get that fixed. And you want to get it fixed in the least expensive way possible while still getting quality parts from a reputable dealer. That is Rock Auto. RockAuto.com is where you want to go to get those parts. Get them for the best price, quickest, easiest, super fun website. Go there and mess around. It's fun. I'm telling you. RockAuto.com. Then there's Sweat Block. Sweat Block is doctor created, doctor recommended. It works for up to seven days per use. You take this, these wipes, put them under your arms on a Sunday night. You don't have to put on any antiperspirant for a week. You put on deodorant, but don't put on antiperspirant. You, it'll keep you from sweating. It's awesome. It's featured and tested on the Rachel Ray Show by Firefighters. It's the bestseller on Amazon for over 10 years. Over 13,000 reviews. All of them positive. I'm pretty sure. I haven't checked them all, but all that I've seen are positive. Manufactured in the USA, which is another good thing. Look, it's your little secret. You don't have to tell anybody about it. Again, seen it on the Rachel Ray show. Um, there are just few things that there aren't fun to that aren't fun to talk about, and one of those things is most certainly one hundred percent sweating too much. And if you use this, you won't have to worry about that anymore. Sweatblock.com, sweatblock.com. 
promo code locked on. Sweatblock.com will get you 20% off that order if you use promo code locked on. You can also get it at Amazon and CVS. Okay, so Jimmy, I just got a notification on Twitter that, well, I guess this is Wednesday morning when we're cutting this is when I got this notification, so it may be old news, but from the J-Boy show. And the J-Boy show mm-hmm. has kind of blowed up. Of course, Jay oh, yeah. Crane, the son of Kurt Crane. Great dude. Um, he's now, yeah, he is a good dude. He is he's one of my favorite Auburn the, people. One of my favorite Auburn people. That's not saying a lot, but it is saying something. He's joined Cal Herd's The Volume, which I assume is like the Mad Dog Radio Network of Colin Cowherd right. or whatever. I don't, I don't know. This is all moving so fast. I can't keep up. Um, I'm so damn happy we have a podcast and can use our phones to record it. I I don't even know what everybody else is doing. Um, but all right, so J-Boy Show put a notification out there, and he tags us in a lot of stuff, which we appreciate. He is a good dude, and he does know a lot about college football. I listened to his show yesterday. Um, but that apparently the volume, this network by Colin Coward, which now has J-Boy Show, as I've said several times, is also about to have a podcast brought, not brought to you by, but starring Bryce Young. Yep. And I don't yeah, know how I, 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 I don't, first wait a minute, I don't know how I feel about this because number one, see, this is why when you and I were talking about, you know, well, maybe this opens up our ability to get players on the podcast or whatever. See, I don't know that I want players on the podcast because I I feel like when you get a player on a show, ninety-nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine times out of whatever the next number would be (laughs) i don't even know what i said so i can't tell you what one more than that is um the everything is kind of milk toast i mean it's like hey so is your team fired up oh my team's real fired up i mean before week one everybody said they were fired up i just saw something on nfl network where like the the vp or the president of the cowboys public relations or something is this female that went to Stanford and she gave the pep talk to Stanford, the Stanford team before they played Kansas state in Jerry's world. And it was a damn good pep talk. And I was like, it's a damn shame. They wasted that pep talk. Cause I got the shit beat out of them. Um, <laughs> but my point is that everybody thinks they're good going into the first week. Miami thought they were good. I mean, but they're right. not that good. And so when, when you get a player on and you say, Hey, how's your team reacting to the win or the loss or the first game or whatever? They're going to say, oh, this team is totally cohesive. We love each other. When the reality is they probably don't all really like each other. And so they can't say that, though. So what right. I'm saying is when you have a player on, they can't really tell you what's going on. As always, been, That's always been my thought. I do like to see a player be interviewed because I like to know, okay, you know, if you when you see Bryce Young interviewed, he's a smart dude. He's a smart, composed, poised kid. He's a he's a dude, and and he's he's just intelligent, period. And but he's also so intelligent that I know he's never going to say something like, "Yeah, uh, Luke and Jimmy, thanks for having me. Um, We you know we've got great wide receivers except one. He sucks. You know he can't tell us that. That's right. No, I agree a hundred percent. It would be like. I mean, it's not that we do our show because we love being critical of our players. We don't love that, we, we're, but, but we also don't want to be full-time cheerleaders. I mean, that's not being an analyst. That's not educating people that are listening. That's not telling people what our opinion is. So we don't do the show to be negative or critical. 
But the fact of the matter is we're giving our opinions as, as fans and supporters of Alabama and, and, and in the media what our opinion is. And if we have a player on with us, that opinion is going to take that into account. I can't imagine if we had Chris Owens on our show and you're like, and you're like, Jimmy, what did you think of the game? And I'm like, the offensive line wasn't that great. I'm not 100% sure Chris Owens is going to be the tackle all season long. And then Chris would be like, Jimmy, uh, I'm right here, man. You, I'm, I'm right here on the show. And you just said that, and I'm going to have to hunt you down and kill you. And I'm like, oh, well, I, I didn't say you, you weren't capable of, of kicking the ass of, a, of an old, small, gray-haired white man. I'm just saying that I didn't think – that uh, the offensive line played with a lot of chemistry because all the moving around parts, and you're the ones that have been moving around. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the there's point. just no way to there's just no way to do the show with a player on it. I, I agree 100. percent Now, I think what me and you would do because we're incredibly smart. We're not as smart as Bryce, but but we're smart. No, no one's as smart as Bryce. But what we would have to do is adjust and turn it into a cheerleading thing. I would want to turn it into a personality thing, like, hey, let's get to know Bryce. But Bryce isn't going to go, okay, like you said, Luke, he's not going to go, well, Treshawn Holden dropped that ball. And, uh, you know, I'm like, I went by the sidelines, and I'm like, I ain't throwing it to 11 again. He, he wouldn't tell a story <laughs> like that if his life depended on it. And, and that's what will make it interesting. So you'd have to ask Bryce about, you know, what his favorite band is and what his favorite color is and, and you, know, tell, you know, tell us about your – you know, your, your grades in high school and who's your favorite professor. I mean, it would have to turn into that. Which we don't want, which is, which everybody else is doing. And <laughs> look again, I'm not saying that, I mean, obviously Colin Cowherd is pretty smart. Jay boy is smart. So I'm sure they know this too. And I'm sure they've already made uh, oh, people well listen. aware that look, you oh, can't people just, listen. yeah, you can't just go in there and give us, you know, canned answers mate I, I assume that's true now if that if that is true and he's not going to give us canned answers then i'm also kind of pissed because i'm like hey that's what we do bryce how are people supposed to listen to us when they can actually listen to you why would they listen to us talk about you when you are honestly going to say shit about you what are we supposed to do quit hogging everything bryce what are you jeff bezos he's about to be and yeah, you're right, people will listen, at least initially. I'm not saying don't listen. I'm curious myself, but I, I'll j just be stunned oh, if you learn more from that show than you do in just the standard media interviews when, when the media talks to these guys. Uh, yeah, it's interesting to me. It's a new world. Obviously, Bryce is making money, uh, you know, doing the show, which is great. Uh, it's obviously not a massive time commitment, so he's able to do it and keep up with football and his – his studies. So uh, good for him. Good for Jake. Uh, I say that, I mean, Jake's one of the hardest working people in the business. I, I told him myself, I mean, I'm like, dude, uh, your work ethic blows me away. Jake, Jake's been extremely driven to create a, a brand and uh, he did. And, uh, and now he's on Collins network, which is uh, really impressive. He's, he's a good kid and he's going to have a bright future. Yeah, it is. It's insane how quickly this thing has blown up. Um, and not to brag, but we did get six more followers on Twitter in the last month. So, I mean, Jake, we're on the same Ouch. trajectory. Ours is just a little slower than yours. Ours is less, <laughs> ours is more flatlined than yours. 
Um, <laughs> we're, we're going, going up, up just, just like he is. Different times. We're going up just like he is. We're going up. Yeah. It's like, like the J-Boy. Hey, look, Michael Jordan can jump. I can also jump. But the jumps are different. Um, <laughs> uh, but I will say, look, I will listen to Bryce's podcast before I will do my own podcast. But there's also something about me, Jimmy, that like I come back to, man, do we really do we really need to know how all the sausage is made? And again, th there's a lot of money to be made from this. I get it. But I'm scared we're peeling back so many layers of this sport, of any sport, of really anything in life now. We're, we're diving into the depths of everything so often, just like we talked about with the Sam the Bam Cunningham thing. The, the legend was better than the real story, and the legend didn't hurt anybody. In fact, the legend, <laughs> the legend gave you hope. When you really find out, like, Abraham Lincoln wasn't the nicest dude on the planet, like a lot of people believed he was, you're like, okay, well, yeah, that I guess that's good that I know that because you know not every everybody's got a flaw, but I, or when you find out George Washington was kind of an asshole or Benjamin Franklin, I think he's really been made out to be kind of like a womanizer, kind of a jackass um, in some of these history movies of late, and I'm like, yeah, but I, I, mean, I mean, wouldn't it wouldn't it cooler when we didn't know that he was kind of a bad dude too? I mean, why can't we have hope in somebody? Why can't we just look and say, that was a pretty good dude. He did found a country. You know, he did help create this country. Like, can we not give him a little credit and look, overlook some of the shit that went on way back then that was socially acceptable? I mean, I, I'm just saying that how much do we really need to get inside Alabama's program or any program to find out the, the gooey center when when we get there, we may not it may change fundamentally the way we look at the program. I want to like Alabama football. And there's sometimes, Jimmy, and I mean this in all seriousness, yeah. I'm not even a true insider, but I have access to people who are an insiders. And when they tell me things sometimes, I'm like, shit, I wish you hadn't told me that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that that's that's true. I, I mean I mean in terms of you know, sometimes I sometimes I wonder now that I am in a position to know more than than I once did. Sometimes I wonder did I didn't I like it more then than I do now? Uh, I think that's true, but it's also a matter of growing older. One thing, hey, this is just a fact, and, and people don't like to hear this, but I, I think you just I think it's just part of growing older. Um, you know, when you're a kid and you're young and, and you, you you're a big fan of the football team, you look up to all these guys and and they're all heroes. Uh, and, then, and then as you get older, you find out, you know, they ain't all choir boys. They ain't all Boy Scouts. Some of them are sort of jerks. Uh, I, th I think you find that out, and it, and it hurts you a little bit. But as you get older, you get some perspective. You're like, yeah, that's okay. They're all growing up. They're all growing up. And, and it's fun for me, uh, just like it is for Nick, but on a much smaller scale. It's fun for me to watch them grow. Like what's going on with Jaleel Billingsley right now? is so interesting and, and hopefully this is going to result in a better Jaleel Billingsley. It gives me hope that his dad is out there sort of rooting for Nick, He's publicly rooting for Nick to help change the conduct of his own kid. Uh, 
That's fascinating stuff, and it just shows what kind of great work Coach Saban and the coaches can do. And it doesn't mean that we all have to be, as fans, why are we mad at, at Jaleel? I mean, he's just growing up is what's happened, or he's hopefully growing up. These kids just have to grow up in front of our eyes, like, like Hollywood actor kids. I mean, they grow up right in front of our eyes. They make mistakes in front of, in front of the whole country, and, and then everybody knows who they are, and the, the mistakes are just you know, in the spotlight, and that's what's going on with Jaleel. I mean, they talked about him on the national broadcast, like, oh, here's Nick Saban talking to the rogue rule breaker, and that's really tough for a 19-, 20-year-old kid. So hopefully, uh, hopefully I, I think that's the kind of story that really interests me because I think it would be great if, if 15 years from now we're watching Billingsley do an NFL interview and he's like, hey, it almost went the wrong way, but, but – some coaches and my family and some teammates really cared and, uh, and got me straight, and, and, and I've had a great career and i got a great family, and uh, that, that, that would be really awesome for me. And, and frankly, doesn't that mean more than how many points we beat Mercer by? Yes, it does, Jimmy. Yes, it does. <laughs> and thank you all for joining our TED Talk. Um, but, <laughs> all right, Jimmy, let me tell everybody about betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is where you want to go to get that bet in. You can bet on whatever you want, man. You can bet on reality TV. I've said it a million times. You could probably bet on who the new Jeopardy host is going to be if they, if they hadn't decided that yet. Um, by the way, that's another thing. We dug too deep to find something somebody did 20 years ago. It was like, you can't even host Jeopardy. You're such a jackass for whatever it is you did 20 years ago. Um, but anywho, uh, betonline.ag doesn't do that to you. They don't judge. They just want your bet. Just put a bet in, betonline.ag. Go there, sign up, use promo code locked on, get a bonus, and then start betting and winning. That's how you do it. NFL game tonight, you can bet on it. NFL over under tonight, you can bet on it. Number of catches for Amari Cooper tonight, you can bet on it. Number of interceptions Tom Brady will throw, you can bet on it. Whatever you want to bet on, betonline.ag. Easy to pay, even easier to get paid. You will love this website. Super easy to navigate. BetOnline.ag. Okay, Jimmy, um, enough about all that. Let's talk about Mercer for a second. You know, Mercer, they beat Point University, which is odd. Their name is Point University considering they were shut out. They beat Point University 69 to nothing. The kicker, the only point, intention. the only point. Point scored in the whole game was when they put the name of the school up on the scoreboard. <laughs> when the, when the, the kicker apparently for Mercer says he intentionally missed the extra point, the last extra point to make it 69, that's very nice of him. I dig it. Every, every, the whole college football right. world gives you uh, one of those no, approval of not, not as, nods of approval, is what I'm trying to say, or a wink or a you know finger gun nice. or something. Um, but Mercer – apparently runs like a wishbony wing T type of thing. And my thought is like, okay, I get not playing in-state schools that are equal or worse than Mercer. I get that. I, I'm Alabama's never done it. And at this point we can't do it just for spite. <laughs> we can't start playing in-state teams now because if we ever play one, the next person is going to say, well, now you won't play UAB. And so I think our, our school mantra just needs to be, we ain't playing none of y'all except Auburn. That is, that's just what we got to do. And I'm not saying I agree with it. I'm just saying it's gone on long enough. And that's just how it's got to be. Um, but is there somebody else we could play besides a wishbony wing T.E. 
cut blocking type school that might hurt one of our dudes? Well, so many schools uh, at that level play this sort. It's not a ton of them, but, but a lot of them play this type of football just based on the sort of kids that are available to them to recruit. The Mercer isn't going out and, and, and recruiting quarterbacks by going, okay, let's see, who is, uh, who's on, on three, who does on three say is among the top 20 to 30 quarterbacks in the country? I mean, they don't even waste time sending, sending brochures for those kids in the mail. They just sort of recruit what they can recruit, and a lot of times it's smaller, more athletic quarterbacks and, uh, who, who are good at running this type of offense. So I think it's pretty common if you play FCS schools. But, you know, the good news, speaking on three, I did on the message board early this morning, I did uh, just curious myself, and, and I would think everybody else is. I mean, we all know who's going to win the game. I mean, that's not, that's not up for debate. But I was curious what the scores have been. We've played an FCS school every year since 2009. 2009, we started playing an FCS school under Coach Saban, and we played one every year until last season. As you know, in the COVID year, we played nothing but SEC games. So 2020 was, was the only year since 2009. So what's that? 11 times Alabama has played an FCS school under Saban. And I was curious, the average score in those games, the average, when you looked at all 11, 50 to 6. That's the average Damn. score, 50 to 6. I would and, uh, uh, you know, there, it, it, there's, there's a couple outliers. I thought about taking the outliers out to come up Georgia with a more Southern? representative thing. Georgia Southern was was the big outlier in the other way. Now, Alabama still – then that's the shit through a 10-horn game. Alabama still won that game by 24 points. I mean, it wasn't close, close, but it was the closest of all the FCS games Alabama's played. Alabama won by 24. And keep in mind, Georgia Southern became an FBS team, like, within two years of that game. I mean, they're not an FCS team anymore. As a matter of fact, they're a contender to win the Sunbelt Conference most years, you know, as an FBS team. But that was the closest one. Uh, one year uh, we played somebody like uh, uh, Chattanooga or somebody and won 63-3 or 63-6. to six. I mean, that, that has been like – there was one where it was a complete obliteration and, uh, and we won by more points almost significantly than all the other games. But – even using the outliers in the average, the average score in these games is 50 to 6. And uh, that's not going to be my score prediction against Mercer, but it's going to be very close. And that's one of the reasons that I did that study, because I wanted to come up with a uh, really good, accurate, reasonable score prediction. And uh, getting an average of those FCS games I thought was a good start. But that is the average margin of victories, 44 points, and a uh, 50 to 6 Alabama win. And uh, I would guess that this Saturday's game is going to end up very close to those numbers. Yeah, we will have an actual prediction tomorrow in our prediction show, so y'all stay tuned for that. But until then, Jimmy, that'll wrap it up for this podcast. So we will say roll tide to you and talk to you guys tomorrow. Roll tide.